0: Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. On what planet does the DOJ say to the FBI, you know what, you don't have to get involved in this whole Biden search thing. I know, I know, it's classified documents, guys. Yeah, trust us, we know, like every day we find something else. We've been on this for two months. No, no, two months. No, 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 we, we learned about this on November 2nd. Well, we didn't tell you why we want to bother you. We don't want to bother you guys. Well, we don't want to bother you. You're, you're busy. You're, you're busy. And, you know, you know, if, if it was a thing, like if it was a thing, you know, if it was like Trump or, or a Republican, oh, we would have called right away. I would have, you know, I would have called. I would have called on the side. I would have to be like, hey, Tommy, Tommy, pick up the phone, Tommy. This one's a big one, Tommy. But it's Biden. It's Biden. You know, <laughs> ice cream Joe. Who's well, going to pay attention? Going to worry about that? No, no, no. Ah, so so we did. We didn't tell you, yeah. But listen, we were, we were thinking about it, and like somebody brought up, do we do we send the FBI in to look uh, to look at these documents? You know, uh, keep an eye on on the Biden lawyers as they're going through. These guys don't have security clearances. They're such morons, Tommy. Oh my gosh, they're such freaking morons. Uh, and so we thought about, it. and then we're like, nah, nah, don't bother you guys. You're busy enough. We'll just let them keep searching. And every time they find something, they'll call us. We'll send somebody down there. You know, it's an Uber. It's, a, it's an Uber ride. You're there. You go. Maybe you grab a snack. You're back home. It's nothing. It's nothing at all. Is this how the conversation went? The DOJ decides not to have FBI agents monitor the situation? What are we talking about here? Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. Good to be with you. 833-GOT-TONY. 833-468-8669. The Wall Street Journal Had the reporting considered the. No, I I should read the whole thing. Why would I leave any of it out for you? Justice Department considered but rejected role in Biden document search. Officials opted for a hands off approach to leave special counsel's probe uncompromised. Is it time to start day drinking? I don't know what to do with this information. There is no situation in your life, you, your personal life, there is no situation in your personal life that you could get this deal if it's you the FBI has already got you handcuffed in your underwear in front of your family they've got you in front of the neighbors they're parading you around they're asking you questions they're freezing bank accounts there is there is no situation in which you aren't feeling the squeeze what um What's the expression, you can you can beat the rap, but you can't beat the ride? If you want to know how disgusted I am by all of that. The whole idea, you can beat the rap, but you can't beat the ride, meaning that the FBI or, or, or the Department of Justice is going to put the squeeze on you, take your rights away, screw you over, hurt you, harm you, destroy you, defame you, anything to get their guilty plea. And I, I, I admit, freely, I find those people disgusting. There are moments where the DOJ and the FBI actually do good work that keep us safe. No doubt. And I don't care how you treat non-citizens. I mean, if I'm going have to rank these things, citizens come first. But the abuse of citizens we see at the hands of so-called law enforcement, the people to keep us safe, they should don't think you're good people. Because that'd be pretty messed up. Not as messed up as this. That the Justice Department considered it, but they decided against it, as here is how the the Wall Street Journal writes it. Decided against it, I'm quoting here, both to avoid complicating later stages of the investigation, and because Mr. Biden's attorneys had quickly turned over a first batch and were cooperating, according to people familiar with the matter. That's insane. Hey, you're the people with the classified documents where you shouldn't have them, but we'll trust you to give them all back to us, you know, when you find them. No, it's cool. Tommy, Tommy, it's cool. Listen, we got some country time lemonade. Oh, you know how I love it. I know it's the powder, but it's so good. It's so good. So we're just going to sit on the front porch of the, of the J. Edgar Hoover building. You know, we got some rocking chairs there. Well, we kind of turned it into a whole kind of cracker barrel waffle house thing. Shh, don't tell Hoover. And we're gonna we're just going to hang out and drink some lemonade. And you call us when, when you've got it all figured out. All right? All right. All right. All right. All right. Not you. If they thought by burning your house to the ground, they could get one more piece of evidence against you, they would burn it to the ground with all your photographs inside while you watched. But for Biden, well, his lawyers are such really nice, super neato guys. Let's trust them. The next person who tells me, well, you can really trust the investigation into this because Merrick Garland appointed a special counsel. That person needs to get kicked in the shins. I don't know. I just, I guess, channeled my mother. My mother tells great stories about kicking people in the shins when they were annoying her when she was a kid. I I don't know if that's a great story or not now that I say it like that. But it was certainly fun to listen to when she talked about it. This is nuts. It is... Every time I think it's impossible that we have two Americas, they prove me wrong. This is obscene. I thought it was obscene earlier yesterday when the White House wanted to say that the Biden Delaware home is a personal residence and he doesn't do business there. And therefore, you're not allowed to know about who came to visit him. There are no Secret Service logs. No secret service logs that exist for Joe Biden at his Delaware house? You expect me to believe that? That line it stinks. Indeed. There's no there's no buying into this. But it used to be under then White House press secretary Jen Saki that when joe biden was going to the delaware home wherever the the president is he's working i will note said saki while every president can work from anywhere they are because that is how presidencies are equipped he is traveling to delaware for the memorial service of a family member and he will be that is why he's traveling there this weekend the president has the capacity to make a secure call from anywhere he is yes But now, the line is, like every president in decades of modern history, his personal residence is personal. I discussed the fact that I agree that a personal residence is personal. Your personal home is personal. There's, of course, a question under any circumstance about how much privacy the acting president of the United States has. The the, the man or woman who is in the chair at the time But when classified documents are found, that's over. It's over. And you say to me, Tony, are classified documents really the top story of the day? Yes, and the reason that I believe this is because we're not actually discussing classified documents, are we? This is not actually a conversation about classified documents. This is a conversation about whether or not we have a standard. Not a conversation about double standards, mind you. Whether or not we have a standard at all. Now, you have heard me discussing that the press is angry. Not the talking heads. Not the talking heads, the press. The press feels lied to, the press got manipulated, you're not having a Corinne Jean-Pierre be open with the press about what happened and what they know and when did they know it. Everything is a level of obfuscation, deflection, and a bit of how dare you from the White House with lines like this.
1: Guys, you guys can ask me this 100 times, 200 times if you wish. I'm going to keep saying the same thing. I hear your question. It's been asked. It's been answered. It's been noted. And we're just going to try to move on here. uh, And we're going to move on.
0: But we can't move on. How did the documents get to his house? Who saw them? Who had access? Did Hunter Biden live in the house in Delaware while he was high? did hunter biden's dealer ever come to the house did hunter biden ever have a friend come to the house who brought a friend with him and if you tell me that doesn't happen kanye brought nick fuentes to see trump i guarantee you that hunter has some friends you wouldn't want in your house and he was like oh yeah sure come on man it's cool you got a little for me right you got a little for me got a little for me what no that's rude I can't say that about Hunter Biden. He's a drug addict. I'm willing to bet you that's been said by drug addicts throughout time. And if you think somehow that Hunter Biden is beyond reproach, reproach, and I'm not allowed to have that conversation, this is a national security conversation, I'll have any conversation I dang well choose. Hunter Biden is why we have to know who visited the Biden House. Hunter Biden is known to have a drug problem. Hunter Biden has business dealings with Ukraine and China, two nations of which we know these classified documents have something to do with. We already know that Hunter Biden lies because he lied on his Form 4473 when purchasing a firearm. Hunter Biden can be compromised. We need to know who he was there with. And anybody who says you don't have the right to know is lying through their teeth and worse, And which is why this is a conversation and I start the day this way. It's because they've put their ideology in front of the country. We have watched long and hard over these last years people put their ideology ahead of their humanity i I don't know how people do it. I don't know why they do it. I don't think that's a valuable proposition. I like this candidate or I like this party, and therefore, no matter what they do, they're right, and the other guy is wrong. What are you willing to destroy? What are you willing to give up of your soul in order to do that? don't don't look at me. I ain't doing that. I got asked the other day, so like are are, are you a Trumper? You mean in favor of Trump? And I said I've never been a trumper and I've never been a never trumper cuz nothing is more ridiculous still still to this day nothing is more ridiculous and more not conservative than never trump. Never communism, sure. Never Trump? Weird. That's that's some fetish stuff right there. I'm like, there are things I like, the things I didn't like, the policy I really liked and self-inflicted wounds that, you know, uh, that he would do that I couldn't stand. And he didn't start an insurrection, but I believe he should have protected uh, Pence from the quick. I don't care. You want to call Pence a traitor, whatever. Knock yourself out. Live your life. I believe that the president has an obligation to ensure that the vice president is safe. That's my take. I'm sticking with it and I'll fight you on it. So does that make me a Trumper or never Trumper? I don't. I don't know what people say. I don't think it makes me a never trumper. I have a lot of policies that I like. As as I argued just yesterday, argued for lack of a better word, I don't know what's going to happen in the primary in twenty twenty four. I don't think Trump gets that nomination. But if he did, I would take a look at who he's running against, and if he's running against Biden or Kamala, I know what I'm doing. Trump. Because we're not talking about what I might want, we're talking about the reality of a situation. Reality matters. Here's the reality. Joe Biden's put the country at risk. Maybe he didn't mean to. Maybe he didn't intend to. I don't care. I care about what's happening right now. And right now, we know for a fact, Joe Biden put the country at risk. And there are people out there who wanna say, don't care. They put their ideology in front of the country. They put their ideology ahead of their humanity. And at the DOJ, they didn't think this was worth the FBI paying attention because, after all, the lawyers are peachy keen and they're being helpful. That's a political move, not an investigative move. Merrick Garland, the DOJ, this is ugly stuff. This is ugly politics, and this is a dangerous situation. Don't let them take it from the front pages. I'm Tony Katz. I guess those wholesale price numbers weren't enough to keep the markets in a happy place. Dow is down over 400, NASDAQ is down 78. Wholesale prices fell half a percent in December. That's how CNBC wants to describe it. Right next to that, the story that holiday sales fell short of industry expectations. Well, we knew that was coming, didn't we? Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you. 833 Got Tony, eight three three four six eight. Eight six six nine. That is the number. I'm taking a look at the uh, pricing right here. Um, where 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 am I looking here? So here's the month of. Uh, that's January 2022. I need 2023. I don't know why. I don't know why I have it. F- prices for final demand goods moved down 1.6 percent in December, the largest decrease since falling 1.8 percent in July, um, and then uh, seeing the numbers for energy down and food down and others. But it still isn't enough to make this market feel okay. Inflation in the rear view. We're going to break this down more tomorrow with economist uh, Dr. Matt Will. But also driving things down, Microsoft and Amazon are doing more layoffs. And Microsoft and Amazon, add some other tech companies in there, have laid off more than 60,000 employees in the last year. Microsoft letting go of 10,000 employees. Amazon, another round of job cuts, eliminating more than than 18,000 employees. It'll be the largest workforce reduction in Amazon's 28-year history. So, the Google appearance company, Alphabet, is only cutting 230. Crypto.com cut 500. Coinbase, another crypto company, cutting 2,000. Salesforce. Can I tell you, the more I hear from Mark Benioff of Salesforce, the less I like him. He really is. Can, Can I call? I mean, I know that I'm in Indianapolis, and of course, they've got a major presence in Indianapolis and throughout Indiana. He is such a snobby jerk. He has made a tremendous amount of money. I, I mazel tov to you. I do not get involved in that. But why do you think that this somehow makes you more aware of, well, anything? More connected to anything. And then they invite him over to Davos? Of course they got him in Davos. And he's making some pretty radical statements about the environment, specifically the idea that we have to be going to net zero emissions. Broom are in an organization, company, country that's Committed to a net zero strategy already? Would you raise your hands if you're already committed to net zero? It's you know it's encouraging. It's not everyone in the room, but it's encouraging. I've been asking that of uh, folks whenever I present, and um, it's been increasingly going up. But it's not everybody. I don't think everybody realizes that we all have to do this. We all have to do number well. Step number one: we have to commit to being net zero. We have to reduce our emissions. We have no choice. We just saw the evidence. I just have shared a week's worth of evidence over the past two days. A week's worth over the past two days. country is cooling down. The United Nations saying that things are better. Arctic shelves uh, that are not uh, melting. We've seen the evidence. You've been showing us radical evidence for 40 years and we're still here. Good Lord, Mark Benioff. I'm Tony Katz. So let's bring it over to Davos, the World Economic Forum. You, 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 gotta, you gotta be aware. Oh, dear Lord, you gotta be uh, uh, aware of what's being said over there, the people they have, the world leaders. Remember, the World Economic Forum is isn't about discussing economics. It's about how should you live the life that uh, they have planned for you? I mean, it really is. It's the only way to properly describe it. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. What's going on, everybody? 833-GOT-TONY, 833-468-8669. Feel free to call in. Find me on Twitter at Tony Katz, Instagram Tony Katz as well, and TonyKatz.locals.com. This was Joe Manchin, the senator from West Virginia, just yesterday there uh, in, uh, in in Davos, Switzerland.
1: Uh, The problem that we have is the open press system and basically all the platforms. So if you're able to have five platforms, social platforms, that you can basically um, personify the extremes, somebody who is extremely right or extremely left, and it seems like that is the majority speaking. They're not the majority, but they're basically driving everybody to make a decision. What side are you on? Are you on this side or this side? And in America, there's only one side, the American side. It's not the Republican side or Democrat. We should be coming together to solve the problems from a different angle.
0: It seems to many people, and very possibly yourself included, and you would not have been wrong, that Joe Manchin, the senator from West Virginia, is saying the problem we have is a free press. That's certainly what it sounds like.
1: How'd that get followed up? The problem that we have is the open press system and basically all the platforms. So if you're able to have five platforms, social platforms, that you can basically um, uh, personify the extremes somebody who is extremely right or extremely left and it seems like that is the majority speaking they're not the majority but they're basically driving everybody to make a decision what side are you on Are you on this side or this side and it is time now for the hot topic buzz that was senator Joe Manchin yesterday here in Davos on the stage he got a lot of heat for it uh, about that panel discussion on the internet Uh, I sat down with the senator earlier and he clarified I totally apologize because it was I, I didn't explain it properly. That was a problem. The open press that we have, which is absolutely the, the, the bedrock of democracy, okay? But there's so much there's so much access. So uh, it used to be to where something was said and it was accepted and that was it. Now it's said to where you can find a social media platform, you can find somebody to agree with you. So that is joe manchin
0: trying to apologize for what he said saying that he said it wrong in in a normal world we'd be like yeah you said it wrong thanks for the apology but even his explanation doesn't hold because so many of these people are opposed to the idea of others speaking out they are opposed to the idea Do I think, really and truly, honestly, that Joe Manchin opposes free speech? No, I don't. But he should very, very carefully watch his words, not just at Davos, but what he said to Maria Bartiromo, that clip I played afterwards, because he still doesn't know how he would explain the right to free speech and the worry that some people may put things out there that aren't true. Part of the way you deal with the fact that people will put things out there that aren't true is checking, double-checking, and rechecking. And it is not new that people would put things out there that aren't true. Walter Cronkite told us that this war is lost. Walter Cronkite ended Vietnam, accepted our defeat by saying this war is lost. If you speak to historians on the subject of Vietnam, that is not actually the case. But so strong was Walter Cronkite that that was the end of the conversation. That was the end of the debate. Did he engage in a conversation because he felt it true? Or that he wanted it to be true or there was some level of ideology or or political gamesmanship that made it true historians will disagree Joe Manchin should be cheering free speech from the mountaintops as the only way we know we are still indeed free and one of the great examples between how America works and China doesn't In order to engage that comparison, you have to recognize that China doesn't work. Communism doesn't work. And you have to be willing to say so out loud, which is very hard for a Democrat to do, considering the number of them who look at China and are like, you guys got it right. What with your your forced lockdowns and and jailing people who speak out of turn and your re-education camps? Oh my gosh, that's... That's where it is. What I wouldn't give. What I wouldn't give for a good re-education camp. Yes! 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 Oh, settle down. You know there are people who believe that. We, of course, are aware of numerous Americans, sadly, who would tell you you shouldn't have the right to free speech. We watched it happen with Twitter. So what Joe Manchin did, and by the way, I want to say for the record, I believe Joe Manchin when he says that was my fault. I didn't say it right. He also didn't say it right to Maria Bartiromo, which uh, seems pretty clear that he doesn't know how to say it. But what he said is a conversation, is a topic that we've seen numerous people on the political left agree with, that you and I shouldn't have the right to speak. You and I shouldn't have the right to share. And what do they put under the guise of? Misinformation. Disinformation. Disagreement is not disinformation. That's not what it is. Yet we hear it all the time. Just like we hear as uh was stated by the colombian president that's the president of colombia uh, it's petro right i it's, it's it's petro it's um gosh what is his name gustavo petro thank you knew it was petro i knew that was in there through an interpreter Uh, He says at Davos, on the same panel that Mark Benioff is on, can the capitalism that we have known in the last 30, 40 years overcome the climate crisis that capitalism helped create? It's a rhetorical question, but it also makes sense because if the answer is no, then we're wasting our time as we reach the point of no return. The capitalism that we know nowadays has a driving force in logic, and that is to increase our profits in such a way, and that's how we talk about history, to regulate everything without political or social boundaries. And that's the one we have. This has resulted in some sort of global anarchy. Whoa, up, and let's break it down just for a, a, a minute. Capitalism created no climate crisis. Capitalism created things that you plug into walls. Now, while that is, those are my words, it's the cribbing a little bit of Evan Sayet. Uh, Evan Sayett is uh, the, the author of The Kindergarten of Eden, which, um, if you've never read, is, is a must-read. And if you want to go back to his, the speech that kind of made him famous is called Regurgitating the Apple, which he gave at the Heritage Foundation. That speech is an absolute knockout. Uh, I actually saw that speech before I met him When I lived in California, and we've been friends uh, for, for, well, ever since. And he he makes the argument, you know, um, don't yell at us for taking the world's resources. We make the things. We didn't take the world's resources, but we make things. Things with plugs. And if you want to tell me that making the things with plugs has led to the climate crisis, even though we're seeing more and more data that shows that's not the case, even though Davos and uh, the World Economic Forum is more and more interested in making this the case. It's all they want to talk about. doesn't matter that the data is not working for them. My advice is the nation of Colombia shouldn't use things with plugs. It's not that the United States will use less plugs, you use less plugs, and all the other nations should use less plugs. Or, have you benefited greatly from the plugs? From the things that go into plugs, I should say. You've benefited greatly. You have had massive growth opportunities because of what it is we invented. And you know what? Sometimes when we invent things, eh, it gets a little dirty. You're not suffering because of the United States innovation. You're prospering. Well, you would if you had a government that was run properly. Oh, you you don't want to fight? Don't start nothing, won't be nothing. But if you want to fight, daddy came heavy? In this conversation, guys, I am daddy. The capitalism that we know nowadays has a driving force in logic, and that is to increase our profits in such a way. And that's how we talk about history, to regulate everything without political or social boundaries. All right, Uh, I I, I could be through the uh, interpreter that the wording there is getting a little uh, confusing, so I certainly wouldn't want to hold that uh, against the president of of Colombia. But allow me to state without any level of reservation, profit is good. Profit is the reason we have all the things that we plug into the wall. Without profit, we wouldn't have things. We would have prettier and prettier and prettier candles. And when I say prettier, they would tell us that the candles are prettier, but they would still be the same garbage candles. No uh, growth, no innovation. Without profit, you don't get innovation. Innovation. Without profit, you don't get innovation. It's just a statement of fact. So that's just some of what's happening at Davos. I I, I have more. I have more. Don't you worry. Keep it here. I'm Tony Katz. What do you want from me? So McCarthy, he's the Speaker of the House, putting people on committees, and you find out that Lauren Boebert and Byron Donalds, Scott Perry out of Pennsylvania, and the, the new Congresswoman, uh, Anna Paulina Luna, they're going on the Oversight Committee. And you're like, "Bobert, Donalds, they opposed McCarthy. And that's yesterday's news. Today, you just move forward. Just gotta keep on going. Today they're on a committee. Next, Tony Katz. Tony Katz today, it's good to be with you. Um, I don't know why people are surprised. Marjorie Taylor Greene and Paul Gosar are, are going on uh, the oversight committee as well. Gates is going on judiciary. I had thought Gates was already on judiciary. Chip Roy is as well, so I wasn't particularly surprised by that. Yes, they didn't vote for him. And if you had said to me, because I did bring this up, I said there's certainly a possibility that McCarthy punishes people. The problem is McCarthy doesn't really have the strength to punish people. He has very, very slim majorities. He still needs these people to vote this way and not cause him grief in other spots. so they held him up and they got what they got. and here we are now. I, I I'm not surprised by any of this. One of the people they're questioning whether he'll be on a committee is George Santos. George Santos is the congressman from New York who lied about, well, he's lied about everything. He may have lied about his name. He lied about his education. He lied about uh, having a a Jewish lineage. I mean, everything. There's a story out there that he stole $3,000 in donations for a veteran's dying service dog. The dog had a tumor. He set up the GoFundMe for this guy to get the money to help his dog. It hit the $3,000 they were looking to raise. This guy Santos took the money. That's the report. And I said the minute I saw that, okay, now they'll get rid of him. They're not going to get rid of the guy if he got voted for. They need something more. And I'm not saying they should trust the dude. You, as uh, I think it was McCall, pointed out, Representative Michael McCall, this thing is going. His entire situation is going through the ethics committee. We have an ethics uh, committee. I served on that for three terms. He, he will not be assigned to that committee. I can assure <laughs> you. Uh, but we have a process, right? He'll go through ethics. I worked at Public Integrity Department of Justice. It looks like there are things now that may get referred to DOJ. I don't know for sure, but he's going to undergo this uh, review and investigation through ethics and the Department of Justice, uh, and they will do their job. I, I don't personally like uh, a candidate. I don't know how he got through the process being such an imposter. I don't know why his opponent didn't bring this out in the election or, quite frankly, why he wasn't screened as a candidate. A lot of good questions there. But they're going to put them through it. People are crazy about their pets in a way I have never understood. You have somebody who wants to raise money to help their dog with a tumor. You set it up for them and you steal the money. You steal the money. Yeah, that's the end of the ball game. That's the end of the ball game. So. Don't uh, don't be shocked if uh, you sooner rather than later see George Santos being expelled from the House of Representatives. It's just going to come. It's just a question. It's just a question of when. Because if you can steal a dog surgery money and stay in Congress, everything is possible. And while we're expelling liars, Elizabeth Warren. And uh, Richard Blumenthal, who lied about his Vietnam service. That'd be great. Oh, it's not the same? Well, says you. I say it's the same. Lies are lies, right? No? Yeah, we'll get back to it. Tonycats.locals.com. Tonycats.locals.com. Keep it here.